calamity. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And Rubin's son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing, episode number one. We made it. We actually did what we promised and we got an episode out the week later after episode zero. Thank you to everyone who's actually gone out and listened to it, subscribed and even rated it on all the podcast apps of choice. You've done really well. We actually hit the charts uh, just with an episode zero. So thank you so much to everyone for, for believing us and enjoying the content we chucked out there. By the way, I'm Wilco and I'm joined tonight by Braden. How you going, mate? Good, good. Um, pretty busy week, but apart from that, uh, looking forward to having a chat about some iRacing. Yes, and we have got a lot. We 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 aim for a half hour episode. Uh, we've already got enough content, I reckon, for about 45 minutes. Uh, so we really do need to get into this. So I'm just going to quickly say thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for choosing Locked On as your place to go for iRacing stuff. Go check out the website, lockedonlads.com. Uh, you can also check out the Discord in there. Jump in there and have a chat. It's a very active Discord. It's got not only racing, but it's also got meat uh, and lots of other cool stuff. Uh, so chuck in there, especially if you're playing Valheim at the moment. There's a whole channel delegated to that. Lockedonlads.com slash Discord will get you in there. Uh, also, don't forget, if you haven't subscribed already to this feed or reviewed it, we really do need help to get the exposure out there so other people can enjoy it which means more listens, more chance for us to keep this going for a long time. So that's the best way you can help us, is go subscribe and definitely review to the podcast. But let's get right into it, Braden. What have you been up to for the last week in iRacing or real-life racing? <laughs> real-life racing, uh, if only. But no, I've been doing a little <laughs> bit of uh, iRacing over the last week or so, um, sort of sticking to my staples of the Skip Barber. So... Had a good, really good race at Okayama, which is actually a really underrated track for such a sort of simple track, um, in my opinion. Uh, now, that re- was the long version of that track, the full course, wasn't it? It was, it was. Uh, yeah. You're the one with the nice uh, hairpin at the end of the big long straight. Yeah, so, that brings a lot of people unstuck. It's good fun. Yeah, really good fun. So I had a, I had quite an interesting race, to be honest. I hadn't really done much practice and managed to qualify third or fourth in top split. Uh, only to have a bit of a spin after getting some net code with someone early on the first or second lap and ended up right back to 18th. Worked my way back up to about 10th or so coming onto the final lap and I was sort of like, yep, I'm happy with that. At least I've saved some I rating, haven't lost any safety rating. And then on the last lap, there was about six cars that had accidents and I managed to ping myself <laughs> for fourth place. So that was pretty interesting. Um, and then obviously getting prepared for this week's Aussie car, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit later in the episode. Yeah. So uh, heading to Lime Rock Park, the uh, West Chicane, which has been a bit controversial <laughs> this week. So certainly is something a little bit different to race at. Um, and then that's probably... I'll just bit... quickly touch on West Chicane, just quickly. Sure, sure. Changes the track completely. It does. I the, must admit. The fast-flowing end to the track which gives you a lot of draft and a lot of overtaking opportunities into turn one uh certainly gets reduced thanks to that west yeah UK. it's gonna be a very interesting race but we will get onto that later so yeah so that's about it in terms of um actual racing for myself but also um been doing a little bit of watching watched the scops over the last couple of weeks um which is always interesting we'll touch on that a little bit later and then, obviously, watching some great real-world racing with the V8 supercars on the weekend with Shane Van Gisbergen, just an absolutely heroic effort. That guy's a freak. Yeah, So, and, and have you heard the news that came out today about how heroic that actually was? 
I did not know. No, so he went in and got some. So saw the doctor. He's obviously, he's come back off a, off a shoulder. He's broke his collarbone, so he had some work done on that to get him back. And I was riding a motorbike or something stupid like that. So, um, the doctor went, "Yeah, cool. Your shoulder's fine. No problems at all. You've it's it's mending really well. You did no damage to it. Uh, but by the way, you got three broken ribs there. <laughs> oh, um, wow." So from something that happened, I didn't even get to see the race, and I feel real bad for it. I had such a busy weekend. But whether there was a shunt in the race, or there was some, or the actual injury, original injury, yeah, just somewhere on the lines, he's picked up um, three more broken ribs and didn't really know about it till the doctors today. So yeah, yeah. that's incredible. Amazing. His first race from starting about seventeenth and finding his way back through the field, and then. You know the the move into in towards one of the last sort of sections where he there was four cars in front of him and he managed to dive up the inside of two um, and get himself <laughs> into second place. Like he's just an incredible yeah. racer. And then with the rain uh, the rain coming for races two and three, that just suits him perfectly. Yeah. I'm sure we all remember what he did at Bathurst um, a couple of well, a year year ago where he uh, just completely destroyed everyone in the wet and put himself yeah. into the position to win the race. Um, he's just yeah, an so incredible this driver. Is, this is my fear with the V8s, where Scotty's gone. He is they, these two were both freaks, yeah. and I just don't see anyone who's on that caliber anymore. So I'm a little bit worried about it, where it's just going to be the Gears show this year, yeah. and cool for all the Gears fans out there. But for people who want really close racing, unless they put him at the back of the grid every single race, um, yeah. it, it might get a bit one sided, which yeah. is a, which is a shame. But we'll see how that goes anyway. Yeah. And you can see that with uh, the two shell cars just being almost nowhere now. You know, it goes yeah. from um, Scott McLaughlin dominating uh, every every bloody race, and and, and we'll all even of a sudden, Coulthard being right in in the yeah. hunt on, most of the time as well. To yeah, you can see yeah the the money speaks unfortunately. So. It does. And then uh, the only other thing I've sort of been doing is I've uh, been binge watching some of the Drive to Survive on Netflix. Um, so pretty heavily into season three now. Um, which is just awesome as well. So that's been my week in a bit. I keep on seeing that trailer pop up and I'm like, I really should start watching that. So I might have to start doing that soon. Especially during the day when I'm doing paperwork, I reckon. It it, it looks really good. It's great. How about yourself? So, look, I had, until we did this uh, uh, write-up yesterday, I pretty much had nothing to talk about because I've been really busy. But uh, I just want to quickly chuck out a game. It's on my YouTube channel, Locked On Lads YT. Uh, Circuit Superstars, top-down racer but it's very simulated like the old micro machines go check it out or check out the video at least i've been playing a bit more of that and doing a bit more videos on that as far as racing games go um I'm, i suck at it but <laughs> i'm pretty keen to to get better at it and it's one of those games that actually has a cool uh, skill curve so i'm looking forward to getting into that a bit more but look been practicing a bit of skips at lime rock because i need practice in the skips and um we'll talk about that though because that's obviously related to aussie car very soon but Look, I, I jumped in today, and I went, that's it, I'm going to actually do an official today. Skip started this week at Road Atlanta. I've never done the lot, the full course, which is what it was today, and I haven't done skips there for a long time. So I jumped in, I ended up 15 minutes of practice before the actual um, race started, and I spun almost every one of those laps, and I was about <laughs> two or three seconds off off the the pace even on my optimal so i was a little bit worried going in it's it registered it put me in i'm like oh too late now everything was set up to record it so i, I did record the race and got a good quality lap in uh 10th out of the field so was happy with that and then sort of 
dodged a lot of cars, dodged a lot of carnage uh, for the first couple laps. That's, that's all you want to do in, in Skippy officials is just stay out of trouble for those first few laps. And Absolutely. Found myself seventh, but off pace. And few few people held, pulled me up, few cars that had got crashed come out and wouldn't let me pass. So slipped back down to 10th and just wanted to hold on. That was the, the break-even mark for I, for I rating for me. So that's what I was going to be happy with. And then, you know, I was just holding on to a fast guy in front and then he clipped another guy on one of the corners uh, at the end of the the double double apex uh, hairpin sort of thing at the end of Road Atlanta there. And um, which then jumped me back up to eighth. I, I, I hung around and then with a lap to go seventh and I'm like, here we go, that's good. 22 I rating or something that's going to get me I'm happy with this. No practice. It, it made a fairly good video. I was always, always around someone and, and always trying to fight to hold on and getting better each lap. And then we come to the end of the straight and there's a car sitting in the middle of the line. And I'm like, no, no, he's off the track. He's off the track. He'll disappear. And I know. And then the guy in front of me's clipped him. I've somehow missed both of them. And then I look on the right and there's a car that's on the on the side there. Jumped up to fourth position going into the fight uh, like the first turn of the the final lap and held on to get fourth so pretty similar to your story but uh turned out to be a pretty good video so i'm going to edit that tomorrow and i'll probably put it up over the weekend for people to sort of watch so it is good uh, with the it, the way the i rating is like i i do find as much as i try not to care about my i rating and i try to tell myself <laughs> yep. it's not that big of a deal it does keep me involved in races that i know i'm not going to win it just that yep. little making sure i'm over even if i gain four i rating i just like take that as a win it's it makes yep, me uh, keep it. going so it is good oh man I, I after the race i was so pumped i got two two x in the whole track and i'm like that's that's good i'm really happy with that that's going to be a great result and i, I wasn't even paying attention so the the little s bend bit up the top on road lander after the first turn I just went straight ahead on and <laughs> got myself the third X, which ended up losing me 0.01, oh, sorry, yeah. 0.1 on the SR, and I'm like, God damn it. Um, but yeah, the I rating, it's a good good thing. I enjoy it. And I'm doing the road to 2000. I'm trying to get there. I'm 1600 now, so <laughs> it was a good result. Yeah, so. I, did, I did that, and I in my in my uh, holidays away from work and i was super excited i was like i'm gonna get to 2k got to 2k yeah. so easily all of a sudden all the way up to about 2400 and then it was all down and in from there i was back down yeah. to about 1700 a week or so ago and i was starting to get a little bit frustrated but you just gotta just gotta relax it all comes come, it's It'll swings come. and roundabouts it. swings and roundabouts well, the upside of this was i thought oh yeah third split easily there was like 80 90 people registered for it yeah Turns out it was second split, so I ended up getting a fourth in second split, nice. uh, 27 seconds off the lead. So, very good. You know, it wasn't too bad for, for 15 minutes practice with three spins in the 15 minutes practice. But <laughs> yeah, look, it was good. Uh, look, we've been talking Aussie car the whole time. Let's get right into Aussie car because we've both been practicing Aussie car. We both raced Aussie car last week for round one of season six. Well, one of us raced, the other one just sort of spectated. <laughs> so, uh, let, let's do a bit of a wrap up of um, season six round one opener at Silverstone Historic GP uh, split sprint race format, uh, shorter race and a slightly longer race with a pit stop in the second one as Aussie Card does. Uh, dominated by two things: one is uh, Perez line, <laughs> and the other one uh, damage model. So, uh, no, the Perez won both races, and. Um, I think that might be impressive. a com- think that might be a common theme for the rest of the season. To be honest, yeah. Look, if you don't know, Perez is a skippy driver from around the world. Uh, he's out of Spain. I'm going to butcher that. <laughs> I Something you're right. like 
yeah okay so uh he's won multiple things around the world uh in, in skippies and he's decided to come aussie cars the next thing on his trophy cabinet that he wants to get so he's come out didn't disappoint uh and a little bit of controversy a few points i think overtaking out of the pits and and, hmm. and, and the line with, with two of those things that, that sort of came up um but yeah, overall, really good race, like entertaining, uh, very close racing as historic GP is with its fast flowing nature. And um, let's the, be honest, the, what he, the, field is, the field is stacked this season. This would probably be oh, close the f- to the strongest field, I'd say, Aussie Car is fielded for a skip bar of a season, that's for sure. Yeah, not only that, but all those people who've been racing there for two or three, four seasons have really come along. Like... You're watching um, people like Jason Fewens and Bacasoulis battle it out towards the end of a race where you would have thought, okay, Jason's had a few crashes last year, but he's always been fast. But Bacasoulis back foot two or three seasons ago was definitely not that pace. Uh, Jeremy Bush, uh, even though he had a mistake in, in race one, very much up on the pace. But yeah, then you look at the types of Alan, Alex McKellar, uh, Ben Snell, Russell Clark, uh, Perez... Chastanov, you know, your teammate. Chastanov, yes, yeah, Chastanov, my teammate. Um, yeah, it's just an absolutely stacked field, and if you if you're not watching it, it's going to be an amazing series uh, if we keep all these on board and and get to the end and even make it stronger next season. So, um, look, besides Perez winning both, you know, uh, McKellar uh, pushed him or Snell pushed him. I can't. I, Honestly, can't remember. I think now, it was but... McKellar in race one, um, and Ben Snow in race two. So it was uh, a little yeah. bit, a little bit of both. Um, and yeah, like you said, for those that don't know, the controversy was that uh, coming out of the <laughs> section that normally would hold the chicane at the back, you can literally put all four wheels of your car on the inside of the curb and effectively cut it, um, and you don't even get a zero X. So that's something that I don't think any of us knew until all of a sudden, mid race, we hear a call from the top split boys <laughs> saying, "Is that?" legal <laughs> and yeah. we uh, also then, had no idea and then me sitting in the pits because i had nothing better to do actually watched it and then <laughs> explained to the people who were watching what was happening so uh, yeah but he was not only all four wheels inside the curb but there was almost a half a car length between him and the curb it was it was and and race two it just looked silly because everyone was just following that line now since then rule change for aussie car it used to be you know if you push the x's you got um you got a penalty now at the wording is you need to keep at least two wheels on the track at all times um if you get you get warned you, uh, you and you don't stop it then you're out for a, a stop uh penalty a pit stop penalty so which to be honest you know i i think is fair enough like it it's not a good look on the broadcast in my opinion and no. And when and at the end of the day, racers will race and they'll take whatever advantage that they can get, which is what mm-hmm. Perez did. And at the end of the day, no one said that he couldn't. So I think what he did is perfectly fine. And, you know, to be honest, if I had known about it and I was the only one, I probably would have done the same thing. Um, yeah. But I think it, as long as, you know, we've drawn attention to it and, you know, we know what the rules are now, you can sort of pull that pull that marker back. Yeah, well, that's it. If you keep pushing it now, you're going to only get yourself in trouble. So, uh, yeah, I, it definitely wasn't a good look and um, definitely something the, the series really hasn't seen. We had the season with two unnamed that kept on putting some X's <laughs> on the board, but, uh, you know, it, it that changed. And we've always been about just good, solid in in between the curbs racing so yeah, yeah it's good to see that we that the, the change was made pretty quick so yeah so i guess the official yeah. results from round one saw uh christian perez take 
both the race wins with race one, the 15-minute race, uh, going Perez, McKellar, and then Chastanoff in third place. Um, my, myself managed to hold on for a sixth position um, just behind my teammate, Nathan Verney. Uh, and well unfortunately, done. Peter, you were down in 2021st. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just a quick one. We start the we start the race. We go the first right handed. Then we go um, like Chapel Beckett and the other one. I can't keep on forgetting maggots. Um, the, the maggots. That's the one. I should remember that one most of all. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Bush spins the first one. I avoid that by going straight across the grass. I come back on the track and then Russell Clark and um, Scott uh, has yeah. come together. With a little bit of net code, a little bit of deflation of tyres, a little bit of everything. Which and we'll then, touch so, base and, on soon as well. So I, I'm avoiding Scott. Because I'd cut across the grass, I'd came at the wrong, I'd come at the wrong angle. So I then come off onto the almost what, what the extra concrete on the side there. So I was coming back on. I see Russell Clark coming from the side. I'm like, okay, at, at first glance, you see, okay, there's a gap beside him. Everyone's going to be on the right-hand side coming out of there. I've got plenty of room to come on and stay narrow. And then I've come on, as I'm coming on, I realise Russell Clark's going about 40% speed <laughs> here. So he's not going to be where I thought he was going to be. All of a sudden, he's right where I am coming back on. I've taken evasive action. You look in the replay and there's air between us. But my rear tyre fell off from that air between us and that put me into the wall because I had no control of the car. Yeah. And then got a, a warning for um, poor re-entry. <laughs> but, you know, it was poor re-entry, but it was split-second stuff that... Anyway, I was very unlucky to miss Russell um, as well. That happened right in front of me. Those two were fighting in front of me, and I've just got on the brakes enough. And it was one of those ones where you break. You're like, "Yep, I see it happening." I braked, or I broke rather. And then yeah. I see him getting closer and closer. I'm like, I need to break <laughs> harder and harder, and I lost a couple of spots, I think, but um, yeah. at the very least, uh, managed to keep myself clean. Race two again went to Christian Perez. Uh, this time from Ben Snell and Alex John in third place. Um, and again, I managed to hold on for a sixth place um, just behind Russell and Nathan Verney. So it was actually a really good round for myself and Nathan Verney who have managed to uh, set ourselves atop the team points for, for now, which I was a bit surprised by. Um, and Considering defending champions and uh, very stacked field, like top split is come straight back in. Milo's back there you know these are this is a strong series for the team events so yeah. yeah congratulations on sticking it to the top yeah so we've got sharp eit by tech one uh we're in first place from van diemen racing which is russell clark and ben snell and then third place top split racing which is alex mccadda and alex john so it's going to be a tough season so we got 13 points at the moment but i think it's going to be very difficult to hold on to that for the season okay it's going to yeah. be tricky to go back to back to back let's just say that Definitely, but I believe in you. And for those playing at home, I came last in that second race, pushed too hard and put into the wall, got another meatball. <laughs> um, so the, the interesting thing out of race one, and we talked about the damage model off off the cuff a bit before, but yep. uh, everyone who crashed on that first track, I'm like, here we go, I'm about to come out, eight minute uh, repaired, required repaired. Every single car came out at that same time. Yep. There was about four cars on the same lap when we came back out from that pit stop. So it was just like everyone just went, yep, you just got eight and a half minutes. Bad luck. We don't, we don't care what damage you've got. That's your penalty. And I'm like, ah. I've never seen it that, that similar yeah. across all the, the damages. But, you know, they, they've said in the forums, they're talking about it. Open wheel as a, as a, as a whole are a lot more uh, fragile at the moment. Um, and, and with the net code issues, 
it, it's sort of exacerbating it when you see yourself not hitting the other car and all of a sudden you've yeah. got a wheel coming off. It's it's a thing. They're working on it, I assume. Well, bef- we'll get a fix hopefully soon. Before we talk too much about the new open, well, the open wheel uh, damage model, I suppose, let's quickly go through the SCOPS results as well. So that's a series that hopefully yes. we'll be able to follow uh, on this podcast for this season. So... We've had two rounds of the the, V8, the VRS V8 Scop season so far, and speaking of Stacks Fields, uh, this is certainly one of them with the, some of the best drivers <laughs> um, definitely competing in it. So they've headed so far to Circuit uh, Gillis Villeneuve, which is uh, one of my favourite tracks, to be honest. A really quite a fun I've track to race there. Oh, I feel bad saying that. It's really good. It's a really oh, enjoyable hold on, track. no, that's no, I'm, no, it's not. Yeah, no, I haven't been there. So we, I keep on thinking Virginia or whichever one it is, but no, it's not. Yeah. So we had two races there. We had a 58 lap, late, uh, lap race and a 25 lap race. So race one uh, was won by Richard Hampstead. Uh, so he took the first race there from Madison Down and Brady Myers. So Trans Tasman Racing taking uh, the one, two, three there, as well as uh, race two, which was the shorter 25 lap race going to Sean Lindsay. Uh, who won that one from Christian Smart and Dylan Rudd. So a bit of a different mix of drivers uh, in the top three for that one there. So that was interesting to see. And then last week they headed to another track that I must admit I do enjoy racing at. Um, This one in the skippy is full of draft, which is Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. Yeah. You don't see it enough, I don't think. It's definitely... uh, It was... I almost jumped into it the other week when it was an official and just because it came up and I'm like, you don't get that. Yeah. So the three races there were won by the first race. All three uh, races were 26 lap sprint races. Uh, the first one won by Emily Jones, uh, racing for team McLaren Shadow. Uh, the nice. second one by Jordan Caruso, which um, was... The ra- 29th ever winner of V8 Scoops, apparently. There you go. So they were celebrating that during the week. Yep. And he won that one from Richard Hampstead and Jake Maloney. So, again, Trans-Tasman putting on a show, strong show there. Uh, and then with the last race, won there by Madison Down, uh, winning that one from Jake Maloney and Jordan Caruso. So, pretty uh, tough field and Trans-Tasman clearly dominating uh, the V8 Scop series at the moment. So, that leaves us with, I believe, uh, Richard Hampstead sitting atop the leaderboard on 879 points. Jordan Caruso in second place and Joshua Anderson on in third place. Uh, although that does say only three starts, so I'm not sure if all of the races have been added to that points total. So I could be slightly off on that. All good. We'll work it out one day. Don't worry about it. Uh, so quickly, there's a f- uh, ANZ car does a few uh, oval tracks, and I'm very keen to watch some oval start- tracks and. Um, I've been haven't had a chance to watch the races, but we'll just bring you the results from the latest races. I, will, I promise I'll actually get in and, and watch some races fairly soon. Um, but let's have a quick look at the ANZ cars, the actual uh, NASCAR Cup that, that they got going. Um, Neil Pearson uh, took the race in an hour and forty six minutes uh, around. Uh, wow, you think I'd be more prepared than this around Atlanta? Uh, so yeah. <laughs> Definitely uh, let, won the race with two seconds, uh, which is pretty good in NASCAR. Pretty good effort in a NASCAR race. So uh, Mirko got second. Philip Wally got third. So that was your podium finishes all within three seconds. The, the impressive part of this is uh, for a NASCAR race, an hour and 46 minutes in length, 
Uh, the top 19 were still on the lead lap. Oh, wow. Uh, so if you are wanting some really good local, and uh, sorry, uh, yeah, some really good Australian and New Zealand NASCAR racing, then definitely chuck in uh, ANZ Car, which is on the FGM Cast Network. Uh, MGM Ecast Network, I think it is. But uh, So the overall leaderboard for that one sees Josh Micklemore on top. Uh, so... 226 points to Neil Pearson, uh, 222, gained a little bit of points up on him there. Uh, Daniel, I'm not going to pronounce it, third, and then Ra- Raymond Jaeger and Edward Forrester, fourth and fifth. So there's some there's some interesting names in here, that's why I'm following it. Seventh is Michael Skurlock. You might remember him from Aussie Car a couple of years back, a couple of seasons back. Very quick driver. Uh, also, exactly, and uh, Chris Purnell, uh, which is... Uh, virtual motorsports mentor uh extraordinaire as well so they're both running under crankshift racing so both michael scurlock and chris so keep an eye out for them they're in uh 12th and 7th currently so could be an interesting guest that, to get on one day chris fernell uh your your look, coach i will i will be working on that for sure so we've already got one guest confirmed which we'll get on to later uh, Ooh, that's, a, that's that, a surprise for me I, I I hit him up in Discord today, and he said yes publicly as well. So everyone's going to hold him to that. So Ira Felberg will be joining us at some stage in the future. Ah, lovely. Yeah. So uh, back they've got a truck series also ANZ car. So they run. Uh, I think it's Tuesday nights. It's Tuesday and Thursday or something along those lines. Uh, they went to uh, Kansas Speedway yesterday, uh, and the trucks raced for. An hour and 15 minutes around Kansas with Luke Trahar taking the win uh, by the smallest of margins, 0.094 after an hour and 15 minutes uh, with Dwayne Pierce coming in third, only 0.178 of a second back with Stephen Williams fourth and Tom Hagen in fifth. So very well done to all you guys. Uh, Michael Skurlock down there in 19th, seven laps down, but the top seven, the top uh, 12 actually there uh, finished on the lead lap. So it's always good racing with those guys there. Um, we'll just see if I can get that series table up. Stephen Williams is leading on 224 points. Massive lead over Luke Trahar, who jumped up seven places after uh, this week's race to 150 points. Uh, Christopher Finlay in third. Riley... Uh, Curtis in four, fourth, equal with Ray, uh, Matthew Raymond. Dwayne Pierce in sixth. There's like 10 points covering second through seventh at the moment, so uh, very good effort there. Chris Parnell, Parnell is in ninth, uh, dropped down a few places this week, was sitting up in fourth before this. And we'll look for Skurlock, he's equal 14th right there. So definitely ANZ, ANZ car. Look them up. Uh, definitely follow that. That's a series I want to follow as we go through the podcast. Yeah, and I guess if there's anyone listening who would like us to take a look at their series and maybe look to follow it, I know I've had a couple of uh, chats with people regarding some Gentleman Sim Racing Club series that more you might look to uh, have a follow and have a chat about as well. Make sure you let us know, either by joining up with that Discord that you were talking about earlier, Wilco, or um, any of our posts that we've been posting around the place. Yes, definitely. LockedOnLads.com slash Discord will get you that link. Or just hit me up on Twitter, Wilco's Chill Zone, or the actual Locked On Lads Twitter as well. Or hit us up in any of the Discords. We're in about 40 different Discords, <laughs> so find us in one of them and uh, just hit us up and we'll get you in, uh, definitely. We want to follow all the local stuff. That's what we're about. We're an Australian podcast. We want to give Australian content out there because it's just lacking at this stage in the podcast world. But 
thinking of other things that are broken in the podcast world, <laughs> in the normal racing world, sorry, not the, the iRacing world, uh, broken wheel damage model. Do you want to have a quick chat about this? We've got a bit of a forum post, which I laughed because it's uh, Russell Clark has started it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> yeah, he was one of the big instigators or the big problems um, from the Thursday night where I hit him with a with an air swipe and, and got damaged. He got hit with an air swipe and got damaged. And then I think later on in the in the the second race he might have got hit or someone else got hit from him and and got damaged as well so it just seemed to be the theme of the night and i guess our first Um, exposure to the damage model maybe somewhat going wrong was actually last season in aussie car when we had all practiced um basically with one damage model come race night needing to have a uh, non-i racing safety car involved changed the damage model and that was the first sort of experience we had with weird weird damage models where all of a sudden any kind of little yeah. tap to the uh wall meant that we were getting meatball flags when in practice sessions we'd been completely fine um but that wasn't this problem this is due to the new damage yeah, so, model that's come out which you would think would this, fix the this problem is the, that's yeah that's the solution though the solution <laughs> is if you don't like the new damage model you put a car in the field that has the old damage model reverts everything back to the old damage model and you're good to go except for Long Beach, we experience what happens <laughs> when you bring the Skippy back to the old model. You get a meatball for no, just about anything. So the two options we've got at the moment with Skippies is, or any kind of open wheeler is, old damage model, get a um, meatball for the slightest tap. New damage model, you lose wheels and you lose drive shafts and you lose just about everything for the slightest touch. So, okay, open wheelers probably shouldn't be having contact anyway and Aussie Cars is a contactless thing, uh, a, a series, but, you know, the, it's just, yeah, getting a little bit much. And look, I'm looking at the post at the moment, it's three pages deep at, at the moment, uh, and then it also links to another one uh, pretty quickly as well where they're trying to collate all the all the people who are complaining about it. But like I said, they're, they're working on it, but we're not close to getting a fix at this stage uh hopefully not Uh, hopefully we are but i don't think we are at this stage and i think i think the frustrating thing is just it's you know people put in their their week's worth of practice and go to things like the aussie car events uh where they're hoping to you know give their best showing and the slightest touch that you know shouldn't cause someone to be out of the race and especially if they're fighting for a championship or they're in a battle close battle with others in the championship um, it can really put a dent in their chances straight away, and that's sort of what we saw in the opening round. Yeah, and like I said, I'm, I'm flicking through it just now again, and it's just, yeah, it, it definitely is improved. Definitely, there's just hundreds of people here agreeing with it, and like you said, like I, I got five laps in out of a possible, I can't even remember how it was, like 20-something laps uh, on Thursday night, so I was one of those people who lost a lot of time because of okay one was my error but i shouldn't have got a meatball from hitting the wall the way i did i should have been able to at least get it back into the pits which would have avoided a minute and a half toe from around the corner from the pits two corners to go and um yeah it it's frustrating that's all i can say really so i guess the good hey look alex mckellar's in here saying i'm not um yes yeah, it's, it's not as well so look all the aussie car guys are getting in there complaining about it so hopefully they listen to us and i guess the good thing is our racing are looking into it so you know we just gotta trust that they're going to work on it quickly and i think the good thing is that skip barbers is such a popular series that um in general not just in aussie car but in the official series that it's something they should work on and get fixed up pretty quickly i'd hope 
Yeah, definitely. So I, I got all excited when I hopped in the computer yesterday to do some racing and there was a hotfix to download. I'm like, yeah, maybe they're going to fix the damage model. No, uh, not at all. They fixed something to do with the paint shop, uh, the general UI. Oh, no, this, yeah, this is the 18th. Um, 18th of the 3rd it dropped. So um, the UI should no longer pop up over the running of a sim session with a login prompt. That got fixed. Uh, race control had some issues where it's fixed. Uh, the caution period begins where the leader is in the pits and has passed the finish line, but everyone else is on track, is not yet at the same lap. All drivers on track would get a wave by, wave by to the pass the leader. That's pretty <laughs> nice. I like that one. Keep that one in, or at least have an option for it. Uh, then there's a whole heap of dirt stuff. So the dirt tire parameters of various stock cars have been dramatically updated for the more realistic performance. This is leading into Bristol dirt coming up. Uh, so yeah, it's it's good to see them getting ready for that. Uh, it's pretty. I'm pretty excited to watch some Bristol dirt races uh, when they finally come around. So they did uh, fix some of the new damage model problems, but unfortunately not to do with the skipper, <laughs> but all the NASCAR, the Arca, nope. and the street stock. So. <laughs> Yeah, so unfortunately the, the the Oval guys are getting a lot of love at the moment, which is fair enough because that's probably the biggest player base they've got at the moment. But uh, fix the crash to desktop problem uh, and things like that. So and animations, this is the one I love the most. Some opponents drive, some opponent drivers' heads appear to be missing. They have been found <laughs> and successfully reattached by our expert surgeons. There are only minor complaints of neck pain. Drivers using the following cars were affected and it's the Delara, all the Delaras, basically. So, <laughs> well, um, it would be it, hard to drive one of those open wheel uh, cars <laughs> with no head. I will, I will. Um, aerodynamic, mate. Aerodynamic heads not getting in the way. That's it's great. fair point. Fair point. <laughs> uh, there's a few other bits and pieces with uh, the, the Lamborghini, the NASCAR, and things like that. But that's what the hot fix brought us. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next one because I just every time I get it, every time I see one, I get excited that there will be a damage model change in there but yeah i'll be disappointed every time <laughs> but that's the main news for this week we're going to quickly go on to a rotating segment that we're going to bring in this week it's going to be let's have a deep dive into brayden's rig and you guessed that next week will probably be my rig but that's okay this week's brayden's rig mate what do you got what gets you around the track in a sim Oh, well, just to confirm, we are talking about the simulator rig, right? Because I don't think anyone No, I'm talking to... about your, your six-pack, mate, that I've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I don't great. think we need to talk about that one. <laughs> no, I guess I guess to understand where my rig's at at the moment, I guess we really got to go back to how I started in iRacing. And... Oh, look at an origin story. I like yeah, it. Yeah, it all sort of started way back when. No, when I, uh, I guess, decided to look into iRacing, as I said, on episode zero after seeing the E-Series, and I actually set up my macbook pro with boot uh boot camp and tried racing with a controller just to try and get an idea of what i racing actually was before quickly realizing this is not a game you can play with a controller <laughs> it's uh or a, <laughs> no. a sim that you can play with a controller before i make anyone angry and yes. decided to get that g920 that i strapped to the desk and you know had my office chair that i had to put the wheels in an old pair of shoes to stop myself sliding around on the uh wow the floor. nice so idea i like that. i'd love to be able to claim it as my own but i definitely stole it from someone on facebook <laughs> um and yeah just had the single 24 inch monitor before i'm um, upgrading to what i thought was revolutionary at the time a camping chair so that i didn't have to worry about the shoes uh in the office seat <laughs> Uh, yep. But quickly noticed that 
I was really enjoying iRacing and that this is going to be something I'm going to be doing for a while. So that's sort of where we end up with what I have now. So it sort of started by me getting the triple 27-inch monitors. So at the moment, I'm running the MSI Optics G27C4s, which are 165 hertz, only 1080p monitors, but... I guess I'm yeah. not too fussed about that perfect clarity. I was more just hoping for something smooth um, and not too intensive on the PC. Um, and so I bought them with the plan of kind of arranging them on my desk in a way that I'd be able to still use the desk before getting them home and realizing that they don't fit on the desk <laughs> that I had. So unfortunately, that yeah. meant I was just racing with the single 27-inch curve monitor uh, on the desk um, and the other two were just sitting in the boxes in the spare room. Um, and then I luckily won some money on the showdown uh, with my mighty Port Adelaide Power and decided, you know what, I'm going to have a chat to John at Racecraft, another person who would be a great guest, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. And bought myself, I think it's an RKS 2.5 chassis with the shifter bar um, and I've now added some things like the keyboard tray and uh, a mount for my stream deck and things like that with the triple monitor mount. So at the moment, I've got the triple monitor mount um, on the RKS um, chassis, and I was still running the G920 at the time with the G920 pedals as well. Um, and then I was lucky enough to win some CSL Elite Load Cell pedals on the raffle page that's going around on Facebook. If anyone hasn't had a crack at those, they're always good fun. Oh, I've had a crack. I've had those lights. I've had enough. I spent enough money to buy some stuff. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I've definitely won my. I've definitely won my fair share. I definitely haven't spent as much money as I've spent. Uh, what? Definitely won more than I've spent, which is nice. Uh, so that was, I must admit, a game changer for me. That definitely improved my driving tenfold. Uh, I guess the first big upgrade for me was the, having the triple monitors set up. It made my uh, accident rate go down dramatically being able to oh, see it's amazing it, yeah it makes such a big difference being able to see around you having that spatial awareness of what's going on it's it's, in, it's not just difference. that it's been able to look to your right and left and see the apexes as well yeah like it makes those tight corners so much better like you just can't get it on a single single monitor the only vr is the only other option yeah um and cool vr is probably a better option but it's just VR's a whole different beast and it's something that I can't spend all my time in. But triples is if you're not running triples, that's probably one of the biggest upgrades you can get just for awareness and yeah. of, of everything basically. So. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um and then so I had the G nine twenty and then I believe I bought um a fourth monitor arm. So I still had my old twenty four inch monitor laying around and headed on to Amazon and basically just got a desk clamp sort of monitor yeah. arm that I was able to attach uh, to the rig to run my fourth monitor for timing at the top. So that's what I have at the top now. And then I decided, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's time to bite the bullet and upgrade this G920. And with the Black Friday sales around, um, I kind of got myself tempted into uh, buying a CSW, so the Club Sport wheelbase, the 2.5 with the BMW rim um, as part of the Black Friday sales. And... I know. I guess I'm. I'm still a believer in that. If you're fast, you'll be fast, and it won't yeah. matter what you're using. But I must admit, again, that was a game changer for me. You know, it took me a, a little bit of time, probably a few hours, to really get used to it. Um, but the difference between 
using that in the G920, you know, I picked up so much consistency and time. Um, yeah. And I really think you that's said what the right word. I think that's what really shot me up the standings in the um, Aussie car series. As you know, I, I sort of already was at the point where I'd felt like I couldn't get any further um, and get any more out of the the Logitech, and I definitely think that that made a big big difference for for me. Yeah, look, the the upgrades you talk about triple monitors makes you safer and and more accurate on your corners. So consistency. For starters, you're not getting much more speed. You're getting consistency. Yep. Pedals, load cell, you're getting more consistency because you're putting the foot down against a um, a force rather than just a, a, a length, which gets you consistency because you, you're hitting the same spot repeatedly rather than going too hard or too too far or too short. Um, the force feedback, or oh, sorry, the direct drive wheel. Uh, you're not getting much faster, but you're feeling the car disappear from underneath you a lot better. Yeah. Um, so once again, consistency on all those things. And the other thing that I, when I was watching the E-Series last year, Rick Kelly was talking about, and I didn't even realize, triple monitors give you a clear vision of the horizon. So if your car starts to lose control and dipping to one side, you can see the horizon actually dip and rise on either side, which you don't get on a single monitor. Right. And that gives you just that little bit extra feedback to say, hey, this car's not the way it's supposed to be, I better get it back under control. Yeah, and I guess so, just just as a caveat, the CSW is not direct drive for anyone who's looking at getting Oh, it's that. not. No. Yeah, sorry. It is uh, belt driven, yeah. but it's, you know, it's driven. it's a big step up over the gear driven stuff from Logitech. Yes. Um, My bad. And then the final piece of the puzzle, when I say final piece, I'm sure there'll be more, <laughs> but the final piece of the puzzle at the moment was an- yeah, another win up, by the way. on... <laughs> Trust me, I don't want to know. Uh, and there's another win on the raffle page, actually. Uh, thanks to John over at Racecraft as well. I just got the uh, Fanatec uh, Formula V2 rim. So I just got that in on Monday. So I've only done a couple of practice sessions, but really enjoying the different feel in the Formula wheel and especially having um, a bit better um, button placement. Um, I'm really enjoying racing yeah. with that. So. I can't wait to be able to get all those things in my library. They'll be great, yeah. but not yet. So, yeah, that's a bit so. about my rig. Um, I guess um, there's nothing I can really fault about it, to be honest. I, I really enjoy racing with it. Um, I'd probably like a bit more of a comfy seat, but it's one of those ones that's hard to justify an upgrade to a pretty expensive seat <laughs> when I've already got an yeah. okay seat. And it's also a seat's not really the easiest thing to move along. So... Um, I don't really yeah. want to have two racing seats sitting around my house. Um, yeah, so You never know when you need one. <laughs> I saw in the Le Mans 24 hour last year where the guy's whole rig broke down so he actually swapped over the <laughs> that rig. That is true. Race. I did see that. <laughs> <laughs> you never know when you'll need it all. Um, so yeah, look, that that's your rig. If you want to see pictures of Braden's rig, just message him. He'll give you a private DM. No problems at all. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's the uh, the racing rig we're talking about. I can't promise any pictures no, no, on the no, other rig. Not at all. <laughs> So, look, that wraps up uh, the deep dive into the rig, and we're going to go into the questions. We hit it up on every single place we could find for questions for the podcast. Uh, we got a few back. So, uh, so you went to the Boosted Media Discord? Yeah. And we've got CT55 has asked the question, if you were to start again with getting into sim racing, what things do you know now that you wish you knew then yeah i actually thought this was a really interesting question because um when i started to have a think about it there's actually quite a lot that i wish i knew um beforehand you know both in terms of gear but more in terms of racing and 
yeah. and the patience that it takes to be a good racer. I think that's something that really, uh, probably my first month on iRacing, I was getting so frustrated thinking, God, everyone <laughs> else on here is terrible. Like, why are they crashing into me? Uh, you know, thinking I was basically felt like I was Shane Van Gisbergen and everyone else was the people yeah. crashing into me before it really took me a good month, two months. And I honestly think, well, and this will probably be part of one of our other questions, um, joining Aussie car really sort of enlightened me to the fact that actually I was making a lot of mistakes. And once I yeah. could step back and reflect on myself a little bit more, I actually became a much better racer. Yeah, definitely. So I watched a video in my first couple of, first month or so which I, I wish i could remember where it was but it was basically um it was something along the lines of you think that everyone's crashing into you maybe it's your crashing into them yep. um and and watched it and it all made sense like you can see the signals of a car up ahead that is going to lose it you're way better off to slow down let the cars pass that are going to try and dive bomb down the inside of the crash and all that kind of stuff. The the three or four seconds you lose for, for taking your foot off the accelerator and getting around that car because you've seen all the signs that this guy's going to lose it is going to save you and get you more positions at the end than trying to get past like a hero and crashing out. Um, and I, Patience is so much the key. Absolutely. And I think probably the other thing I wish I knew um, was probably, I know it sounds a bit silly, but how much I was going to enjoy it. I, I really wish I had yep. have spent the money outright to start off. And and I know it's really hard to justify, so it's not probably something I yep. would recommend saying, you know, go out and spend all this money before realizing this isn't something for you. Um, but I definitely could have saved myself a lot, a lot of money by not doing the small incremental upgrades to where I am now. Um, I guess that's something I wish I knew in hindsight, but again, it's probably not something I would recommend because uh, it is expensive and unfortunately and if it is something you find in the end that's just not for you that that's a big big outlay but in hindsight it's something i wish i would have known beforehand so i could have just gone straight to where i am now rather than those extra incremental steps along the way yeah i, I look i for full disclosure i had some lessons with chris ponell and um, that was when i was at aussie car it's the same situation as you i was i felt like i was fast but i was making mistakes all the time and it just wasn't enjoyable because i was always finishing at the back but i felt like i was quicker than, than a lot of people and i i took a lesson with him a couple lessons with him through that and um i that was probably the biggest jump in my skill level that i've had so he was showing me how I was going fast in the corners, which then made me slow out of corners and, and not very safe in the middle of the corner. Uh, so he then obviously worked on my line and, and just made sure that I was being patient, getting on the accelerator and, and a lot harder on the brakes before I got in, or a lot more on the brakes before I got into the corner. So I was, I was losing. Because the problem I went to him with was I was not able to overtake anyone and that was because I was flying into a corner. I was catching right up to them, but then they were coming out a lot quicker than I was. Mm. Um, so you know, the old slow in, fast out motto. You, you say it all the time, you think it all the time, but I wasn't doing that. And um, as soon as he showed me that and um, and I got my head around it, all of a sudden I was overtaking people within the first week or two of that. Now, I'm not saying go and get a lesson, but it helped me out so much. Just be having someone sitting there watching me um, and this was after probably about six to 12 months of me battling away thinking, why me? Why am I yeah. not getting any better? And it was, you know, it's only a second or so a lap, but, you know, in the middle of that, I got a podium in, um, 
in Aussie car uh, because half the field crashed out, but you know, it's still, <laughs> hey, I, I, I got there. That's it. And I started qualifying back then in the top sort of five, six, seven, and, and all of a sudden, instead of being right down the back, and you know, that made a huge difference just having someone tell me, uh, explain to me where to go. And, and the other thing is the little overlays. Yeah, I had no idea what I was doing at the start, but those having the right overlays from the start would have made such a difference yeah. as well. Just knowing uh, better relative stuff, better splits, better, you know, just stuff that gives me information of where I am compared to other people. Yeah, um, and that's something we can take a bit of a dive into um, as we go through that that's, segment. Mm-hmm. There is a segment coming up, so beware, be watch out, because we both use very different things at the moment. We used to use the same, we, we use different, so it'd be good to have a good chat about yeah. that, so... I guess um, having someone who you know, I suppose, is respected and you know that they know what they're doing, telling you that you're actually wrong is sometimes quite powerful as well because we do like to yeah. think we're right and it does sometimes take someone who we know is better than us to say, hey, actually, <laughs> this is how it's done. <laughs> exactly. You're not doing it right at all. What are you doing? Um, so we'll move on to the next question, which was from Facebook. Uh, it doesn't say which Facebook group, but a lot of them we put it on, but Lee Miller Chip. Uh, come up with do you think the penalty system in i that i racing uses is fair i found this a really interesting question and it wasn't something i'd really thought too much about recently but i did actually you know because i'm a professional and everything i actually did a <laughs> yeah. little bit of research and noticed a couple of ideas that people had come up as with as alternatives or improvements yep. um and i guess i guess first of all uh, when I first jumped into iRacing, I definitely thought it was the most unfair, ridiculous point system that I'd ever come across. Why should I be punished for someone else's mistake? And I, I feel like that's how a lot of people feel. Um, again, that was because I thought that everyone else was contributing to all mistakes and I had no part in them. Once I sort yeah. of started to understand the system a bit more and I adjusted my driving to probably suit the system it actually made me a better driver. So I see yeah. what they are doing, but I understand why it's so frustrating, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I came from Gran Turismo Sport to this uh, brief, brief time with Gran Turismo Sport. I liked the way they did it over there. There wasn't the penalty system. It was more time-based stuff. I honestly, for the life of me, it's been like 18 months now since I've even turned that on, but... I remember it being a fairly good system over there, but then and then came to this and went, oh, okay, um, yeah. And it, I never got to the point, I don't think I've ever got a drive-through penalty except for in the endurance where we stacked it against you. Um, <laughs> I've never had a drive-through penalty for too many X's and I've never been disqualified. I've been close a few times when I've decided to, I was good enough for IMSA. I'm going to go to Monza and race IMSA, yep. and that was the worst decision of my life. <laughs> About three months into into I racing, um, that really knocked me about actually that race. And, and don't do that, people. Don't jump way up ahead of your skill level yeah. or your, your, your just because you got the license to do it. Um, I g- but yeah, I, I I think I think it's fair. I think it can definitely be improved, and I like the improvement they made about. 12 months ago where they dropped it down and gave the drive-through penalty rather than the straight disqualification. In some series. I think, yeah, in, in some series. So the series that I mainly mainly were going with. Um, I, I There's definitely, it's very hard to pick the where the 0x and the 4x happens yeah. uh, for contact. Um, and, 
yeah, look, I'm I'm happy with where it is. It, it, it teaches you to be a better driver, as you said. Yeah. If you stay on the track and you steer clear of other people, and it was the biggest thing when I saw people coming up behind me that I knew were trying to dive bomb me and things like that. I'm like, just go past. Yeah. Just go past. I think... And then I'll you, wait for you to make a mistake and you'll get... Or you'll get... Like, we saw it in Bathurst 12 Hour. Mm. The guys who got 85X and we only got, like, 30. Yeah. And they got penalised and we didn't. And so. probably about half of those were other people as well. So, you know, it's... it's yeah. I guess... <laughs> half of those were that team. The one... But anyway. Yeah. Let's not get into that. We could be here all night. <laughs> the one thing I... We could. The one thing I do enjoy about it is that it it's a really no-bias system. It, it, it... Yeah. Which also can be its fault because you know it doesn't take into account circumstance it doesn't take into account all of those things but it means it's consistent it means that it's not open to i suppose exploitation you know what you're getting and you deal with it um one really interesting suggestion i saw when i was doing a little bit of research for this question was um there being an option to add sort of a system that allowed drivers to take full responsibility of some accidents so at the at the end of a race you know we've all had those moments where you've just gone in too deep you've you've tapped the grass you've completely lost control and you've ended up taking someone out of the race i think most drivers are pretty good apologize whether it's on chat you know afterwards you know i'm sorry that was clearly my fault uh offering iRacing an opportunity for someone to take full responsibility and say hey look that was completely my fault. I stuffed up and take the 4X yeah. for themselves and then that 4X be removed from the person who was involved in the accident. Um, I thought that yeah. was an interesting idea. It would definitely obviously rely on people owning up to stuff. But at the end of the day, two people are getting 4X regardless at the start. The, the person who exactly. has the problem and did the wrong thing will still get the 4X that they deserve. Um, but at least it gives them an opportunity, I suppose, to go. Hey, look, that was my fault. Um, I will take that. I will take full sole responsibility for that accident. And then at least that person who was the innocent bystander could have the forex removed. Um, so that was just an interesting sort of idea yeah, I, I like saw. That. that definitely would work. And you know, there will be people who go, "No, nah, definitely not take responsibility for it." You and and then message you to say you need to take responsibility for that. But I think that's a small percentage. I think most people would really. I think most people in iRacing are fairly decent people. I, the, you definitely see more of the, the idiots out there because they're the ones that get highlighted the most. But I think most people actually generally apologetic when they make a big mistake, yeah. like like the cause of someone to that. The, the biggest problem with that is... The, the major problem I have with it, I think you saw it when you were racing Bathurst last year where, uh, or last season when um, you, know, you got crashed into and not your fault, you got put in for a 25-minute... Um, repair job and that's it you lost 100 and whatever i rating yeah. that's the worst part of the system where nothing to do with you and you lose the significant amount of i rating yeah just because and that then you know tumbles into you being racing against weaker people and, and things like that so it, it's that there seems there needs to be a, a pass where you know if you have one minus 100 a month it gets wiped off or something along those lines yeah. where you can just you can wear a bit of it that hit and at, somehow. at the time of that i was completely fuming but I, i'm trying to make take a, take a bit more of a holistic approach to <laughs> racing in general and try and look at it over the grand scheme of things and you know what yes yeah. it was bad but i'm sure i've probably done that to someone else at some point in time as much as i like exactly. to think i'm a much safer driver i still definitely make mistakes so 
Yeah, definitely. So let's get on to Matthew Joy, my ex-Locked uh, On Racing teammate from Skip Barbers. He got us on the Facebook page, Locked On Lads. Uh, so he said, do you think being part of a league has helped not only your interest in iRacing, but helped propel your skills in the car? Or do you think it may have found similar progression sticking with the official races and just going up in the splits? I 100% attribute a lot of my improvement to driving in a league. 100%. Yep, definitely. Couldn't agree more. Now, Matthew Joy was actually the guy who got me into league racing. He, he did leagues for um, his dirt racing, and then he was the one who found Aussie Car when it first started and, and linked me to it and said, you'd have a go. And um, I was just a battling you know, driver at that stage, thinking I was the best, but I wasn't, and hoping I'd one day get to be good enough to be racing with the top split people. But there is nothing that's taught me more about proper racing than than racing with the Aussie car bunch of guys. Yeah. And, and I definitely wouldn't have got that in officials. No. Not at all. And I think um, I think for me, I still remember back to my f- season one of Aussie car, my first practice session, um, you know, I didn't hold the brakes when I crashed and someone called me out on it. And <laughs> I think it was Matt Marsh. Um, and he was polite about it. He was just saying, hey, look, mate, you know, you, you've spun off the track, hold your brakes, don't come back into the middle of the track and rejoin. And it was kind of a bit of a, an awakening yeah. for me, like, Oh, no one's actually t- taken the time to explain something so simple to me. It's probably something I've done in officials where I probably would have just got shouted down from most people. And I think the ability to race close with r- the same people, getting used to the way they drive, um, all of those things have made me so much so much better. Um, and I think there's a caveat to this. It has to be the right league. I think part of the reason why it's improved me so much is the fact that Ira runs a league with no fast repairs basically all of the time, which has forced me into being a lot safer. Yeah, looking after that car. Yeah, no, I tried a few other leagues since, and none of them have stuck for the simple reason that none of them have felt like they've they're there to help me. Yeah. Um, they've always been battling against me. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Like I think my I rating was down around the seven hundreds. I'd gone into a pretty big spiral uh, there until I opted into iRacing and as far as interest in iRacing I don't think I've done many officials since like there was a period there where I just didn't race officials I only raced Aussie car and that was it and um who knows if I would be still iRacing at this stage if I wasn't doing Aussie yeah. car like and then that that is purely what Matthew Joy races these days he doesn't race officials he just he he, he dropped away from iRacing for a long time it was only because I convinced him to come back in and, and race again with us a couple of seasons back that he renewed his membership and, and got back in and raced with us. Yeah, so and I think I definitely attribute a lot of the fun of being in that league to, I, I think you would agree, we've got a great bunch of guys in the Aussie Car Series. Oh, I think over yep. the six seasons, there's probably only, no one's been a horrible person, for sure. We've had one or two people here that have liked to stir the pot, um, but the way Ira deals mm-hmm. with it is pretty swift and, you know, I think most people in there just don't tolerate it and the league's been better for it. I've definitely made some really good connections with people, you know, racing with Nathan, my teammate at the moment. Um, I think holding each other a bit accountable um, in terms of not wanting to let each other down has definitely made me practice more and made me a better racer. I'd definitely suggest to anyone if they haven't tried a league and especially a league where you can race with a team member um, or whether it be just entering into the uh, special events and doing some of the endurance racing, the fun you get from racing with a teammate um, is is massive. Yeah. And I think it, it adds to that fact. Like, 
I'm coming last in in I rate in uh, Aussie car at the moment, um, but I want to be better because I'm racing with Chasty, so I will 100% try and be better so we can get our team up the up the same. It was the same with Matthew Joy when I crashed out and had a bad race. I felt so bad for him, yep. more than I felt bad for me. So um, team racing is a whole different ball game. And you know, officials cool. You see a ladder. There's about a thousand people on the ladder. If you race every race for the season, you got a chance to come in the top fifty. Yeah, like there's there's nothing better than racing with the same twenty five odd people and and you know coming fifteenth or coming twelfth or you know just seeing that you're only three or four points ahead of or behind you know X or Y Z uh, on the track and okay I'm just going to try and focus on beating him yep. this week. That's I don't care what else I'm beating that person so I can get more points and get up. So Absolutely, it, it's it's something completely different. You're just never going to get in officials ever. So. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yes to yes to yes to everything that you, Matthew <laughs> asked. But good questions. We only went. What's good that? questions, all of them. Yeah, exactly. We want more. Get us for all the different places. Uh, we'll you'll, we'll post it up next week. But definitely, the easiest way is to jump in our Discord, lockedonlads.com/discord. Join us, hit us up with questions, and we'll happily discuss them. Uh, we've gone about <laughs> half an hour over for this episode, about at least 15 minutes over what I thought we would, um, but it's been good content, so I've really enjoyed it. Uh, thank you very much, Braden, for, for joining me for a, a podcast about iRacing in Australia, something that's very rare. So um, we, we do want to obviously uh, keep this going going forward, so definitely keep listening, keep subscribing, keep reviewing, but Keep supporting Brayden. Brayden, where can people find you, mate? Yeah, so tomorrow night, I all things going well, should be streaming the Aussie car races on uh, twitch.tv slash the1dwade. So uh, you can always find me on there. Normally stream at least the Thursday night races and if I get a chance on the weekend. Uh, and then if you want to chat or send through any questions, you can also hit me up um, at Braden Talks on Twitter. Yes, definitely do that. Um, if and well, like I said, he's in every Discord and every Facebook group, so find him that way as well. <laughs> uh, you can also find myself. Look, the easiest way is to go to lockedonlads.com. Uh, I've got a little blog that goes up there, a couple posts a week. I've, I've been a bit slack at the moment because work's getting a bit busy again. Uh, but Locked On Lads YT is a YouTube channel. I just put up a video tonight, which is a sneaky preview of Lime Rock West Bend Chicane in the Skippies for tomorrow night. Just something I've been trying to practice and get ready for. Uh, it's got an outlap for me talking about the track. It's got a um, first flying lap and then it's got a bit of an inlap. And then I put my fastest lap in there. And then I put a whole bunch of bloopers at the end where I spun out multiple times in the hour trying to get a faster lap. I will so definitely check be checking that out that. for the bloopers. <laughs> so and, and the biggest blooper of all is my... See, the way I record videos is I don't have a lot of time to edit. So I try and get it right the first time. So I put everything in the one thing. So I'm I'm recording the replay. I'm recording the actual race all at the same time. And unfortunately with this video, the replay audio snuck onto the rig audio feed. And so you actually, all you're hearing is the replay audio. So it sounds off and it's a bit loud, but I fixed it and it'll be better for next week. But yeah, keep an eye on that YouTube channel. I've got my race for the officials coming up on that in the next couple of days. Also Circuit Superstars has got another video coming up fairly soon as well. Uh, you can find me on the Facebook, Locked On Lads. Go go like us over there. The more likes we get, the better over there. Twitter, Locked On Lads. And my personal Twitter is Wilco's Jill Zone. But definitely like, subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Uh, review the podcast. That's 
how we need to build this thing as quick as we can. Like I said, we've got some special guests. We've got one special guest confirmed. We've got many, many more in the works. Um, but keep it locked here. We will be back next week with another episode. More stuff to talk about. And yeah, we'll catch you next week. See you later. See Bye. you later. Good luck. Drive fast. Enjoy. Enjoy.